Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't doing. You're welcome, that. by the way. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah, you're, you're always taking taking a little bit off of me. <laughs> it's what I'm here for, dude. Right, right. And I'll just turn up the sky volume a little bit there. Total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and oh. all right. Welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks podcast, our weekly news podcast that discuss news that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of August 20th, 2017. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, damn, you're loud. <laughs> Am I loud today? Uh, well, you're loud every day, but it just seems to be a little louder. Why, don't, why don't you suck a dick, okay? <laughs> I ain't got time for your bullshit. Jesus. <laughs> I can turn my mic down if it's troubling you. Oh no! It's it's okay. it's the it's the voice that that's behind the mic that that troubles me. So. I have a powerful voice. <laughs> you know, I I just I I was fucking around online, and I saw that uh, you know who was porn. Don't lie to nobody, dude. <laughs> well, this is in between, you know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I was having internet trouble, so it was buffering a lot. So then I just went on to another website, and I saw that you know how Robert Patrick plays the T one thousand in Terminator two, right. You know, he said Billy Idol was originally uh, considered to play the T-1000. Billy Idol? Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? What is he going to be like, you know? Win the Midnight Owl! Some more, more, more! And by the way, have you seen John Connor? (laughs) Come with me if you want to live! Dude, you know what? They should make a musical with him doing it, dude. I'd be a hundred percent down. That would be pretty funny, yeah. Got more, more, more. 
We don't have people like Billy Idol anymore. No, we don't. We just have bitches. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Straight bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit! Man. All right, so uh, just a quick, uh, you know, uh, note that yeah, we were. This is being released on Tuesday. We were going to release it on Friday, but you know, Adam has that broke ass internet First called all, CenturyLink. And uh, up. <laughs> so. I can't even say nothing. Like it, <laughs> I cannot wait to move. I'm gonna get the fastest internet possible. <laughs> I don't care how much it costs. I'm plugging my computer directly into the cable company. Like I'm going that's how that's how much I'm plugging it. my computer into the fucking matrix. <laughs> I don't give but, a fuck. So sir, that's usually the type of speed that um uh you know I we we don't have T eight right now, sir. It's like I don't care. You gotta make that shit for me. <laughs> that's right. Figure that shit out. <laughs> I have I have lived with bullshit internet for far too long. Yeah, I remember when T one was like uh, the big thing. Like remember when we all wanted T one? Don't yeah. lie, you were Oh we fuck yeah, dude. We all wanted it. Especially back in like the Diablo two days. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get a T one line put in and we're gonna have the business. I'm gonna get a couple computers set up in here. We're gonna have land parties all fucking day. And by the time we even were an adult enough to even think about buying that shit, no one was doing land parties anymore. Yeah. Like, Man. Yeah, I remember that from like uh back in our touch commerce days. Yep. Like you, me and like Brett and Brandon and all of us sit there like, yeah, I'll get some T get a T one man. That shit will be rocking. <laughs> oh Jesus, those were the days. Simple, simpler simple, times. Simpler times. It totally simpler was simpler times. times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so I uh, I reset my phone this week. Oh yeah, you were telling me. Yeah, it just I, like. You just got that fucking phone, though. That's what I'm tripping about. <laughs> I know. And it was just, it was kind of weird because, well, because I had it, you know, of course, when it's new and because I kind of like, oh, that's new. I'll, I'll see what that's about. And then, you know, you get apps and then you're like, fuck this shit. I don't, fuck this noise. You delete them and stuff like that. Right. And then just, and then my, uh, my fingerprint sensor was kind of acting up a little bit. And the thing is, is that, you know, you know how I take care of my shit. So it was Meticulous. just, <laughs> you know, and it was just, it was giving me a bunch of, a bunch of shit and I redid it. I, I, you know, uh, deleted my own fingerprints and put it back in there and it was better. But then I was just like, you know what? Why don't I just like fucking, you sound, you sound so disappointed. It was better. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was fucking usable, but you know, it's like any, you know, remember, remember our, uh, our tried and true adage, you know, it, you know, reinstall windows so that's, that's right that's kind of what i just and sometimes said. just skip windows all together <laughs> what I did. yeah and that and so i was just like you know i'll do, fucking do that you know i'll just i'll just yeah. reset it and then you know go with that and actually surprisingly it this phone went fast like reinstalling i mean of course it did the whole you have 118 apps do you want to reinstall all those and i was like oh. yes motherfucker i was like yeah go go for it but it actually like reset itself reinstalled and then like added all the apps pretty quickly i was actually really surprised because normally that's like a fucking long ass you know uh right. project <laughs> it, it's not meant to be a project but then it becomes one so doesn't it always though? yeah it's the same thing like when i did you know windows 7 and it was just like on uh, uh why doesn't this take like 30 minutes and like be done and it takes like the whole night um but 
you know, but you know, now it works fine. Everything seems to be fine. So it may have just been, you know, a bad update or something like that that slowed it down and right. You know, so but yeah, I know. And that was the thing was like I was like, it's a little early to be doing that. I'm like, ah fuck it. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> but <Hadouken. laughs> it was weird though when today I, I told somebody when, real quick today it said a Hadouken. Because he went Hadouken, and then I came at him, and I was like, fuck you, can... <laughs> <laughs> I know it's dumb, but I thought it was funny. It was weird, though, when I pressed the, uh, when I pressed the, uh, you know, uh, reset phone, you know, it just, it instead of saying, are you sure, it just said, finish him. And I was like, okay. Finish him. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a fatality. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had uh, my phone, I mean, we could say roughly the same amount of time as yours. Yeah, you had um, it like a couple weeks longer than me, I think. And I mean, it is what it is. You could have downloaded an app that just kind of didn't mix right or, you know, something like that. Mine's been working pretty lovely, though. I haven't had any issues, but I will I will admit I really don't download anything anymore. <laughs> like and, and usually I'm downloading like super um, like official apps and stuff. Well, it's like, not um, like I'm going to the, you know, the dark corner of Google Play, you know, and <laughs> downloading the dark web and getting shit. <laughs> He's got to turn on install from outside sources right. shit. You know, it's like, do you want to regulate the street lights in your area? Oh, that sounds interesting. Let's do that. That sounds cool. <laughs> I'm actually interested in looking at that Samsung Connect. I saw the dude doing that shit on the commercial and I got jealous. <laughs> I was like, I want to do that. Oh, I know. I, I seen some of those. And, oh, did you see like going? It, it, <laughs> leading up to the uh to the um eclipse did you see those oh yeah you don't have regular tv but well you might have seen it online but there was a a samsung commercial they're fucking promoting the eight and the eight plus you know oh yeah i need to need a record in low light and it shows like the the sun going into an eclipse and they should pull out the fucking uh, uh, galaxy uh, and then the auto only, adjust <laughs> the only galaxy commercial i saw was the bixby one and i thought it was kind of funny um it's a dude it, i don't know if it's a commercial just a little tutorial vi or a little show-off video they put because i saw it on the web but it's a dude in the bathroom he's talking into the mirror and he's getting ready for a, a meeting and and the phone's on the on the on the sink and he's like bixby show me my calendar or bixby text blah 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 and it was doing it did everything it was pretty legit and then um he came out and said bixby turn off my lights Oh. Or no, he said Bixby connect to Samsung Connect and turn off my lights, and the lights went out. And I was like, "This what the fuck? We in the future, bro? That's some demolition man shit." Remember demolition man? Yeah. yeah. Or Back I to the Future too. Yeah. You should never enter in a dark room. Lights on. You should always go with lights on. Lights on, and then the lights go on. <laughs> You're just like gah, 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 gah. Bixby, make me hard. <laughs> I, I, already that, hard, that, it would be it would be awesome if people were just listening to this and then like they had their bixby on that <laughs> I, I just activated some of their bixby's <laughs> you can train it to uh see i haven't even checked mine out yet because every I. time i sit down and i want to use it but i you can't turn the voice thing on without doing the training thing where and it's very important that i do that because i have a weird accent so if I don't do the training thing it won't it won't listen to me at all <laughs> <laughs> so um, once I do it's legit but every time I, I go to do it I'm in a room with like a fan on and oh, it right. says it tells me it's too loud the fucking room <laughs> I'm like fuck you no it's not telling you so. the room's too loud it's going you're too fucking loud yeah. <laughs> fuck Bixby too <laughs> right in the ass you know what funny is I Bixby, you tell Bixby hey Bixby you know and then it goes are you from Dorchester 
Then suddenly you go and into, it, it goes into that. She's like, how's your mother? Like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like, really? You sound like you're, you know, it's like, yeah, you sound like you're from Gouchester. <laughs> then suddenly it starts t- talking in a Boston accent. That would be great. I would love that shit. Like turn, turn by turn uh, directions. Take a left here. <laughs> Asshole. I said left. <laughs> I would get it. That would be funny. <laughs> hey, hey, I just want you to know there's a uh, there's a Dunkin' Donuts around the corner. <laughs> hey man, oh, I should talk about that. So I went to Dunkin' Donuts on Saturday. And I ain't never been to this Dunkin' Donuts. It's like a I don't know, in Arizona they have a lot of weird shopping malls, but there's this one where it's like a car wash and an oil change place and this giant fucking convenience store and there's a Dunkin' Donuts inside. And I dig it because they got leather couches and shit because you're waiting for your car to get washed or whatever. Right. And I go in there and I'm like, oh, let me get a dark roast with French vanilla creamer. He goes, oh, um, where are you from? I said, I'm from I'm from Boston, Southie. And they go, oh, so you're from where, where Dunkin' Donuts is from? And I go, yeah. And they go, if you can tell me where um, the first Dunkin' Donuts is located, I'll give you a free coffee. I go, Quincy? And I go, wow, you got it right. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, because I'm fucking from there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been to the first Dunkin' Donuts. You know what? There's, so, prob- there's probably a lot of people who say, yeah, I'm from there, and then they don't know that shit, you know? Well, you can't fake a Boston accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, anytime I hear someone fake it, they sound like a mutt. They sound ridiculous. <laughs> and I know I don't sound I've heard recordings of myself. We have hundreds of them, and I don't <laughs> sound like that. We have 267 copies of them. <laughs> the only thing I've noticed when I listen to... Uh, the podcast and stuff i always sound slightly angry <laughs> slightly and i'm okay. not i'm not i'm not angry <laughs> right now right uh, <laughs> until we get to something that makes him angry then <laughs> you don't want to make me angry motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so did you see the eclipse today i did see the eclipse um i was at work obviously and uh, there's a lot of people outside and um i didn't have those glasses and I'm already sensitive to sunlight, so I can't I can't even glance at the fucking thing or I'll just go blind. <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of people had those little glasses with them. And a buddy of mine was like, hey, you want to see it? You know, I got glasses. I'm like, cool. So I, I saw it. I, I didn't get to see it at the peak, but I saw it towards the end. And it was yeah. pretty fucking cool. It's yeah. cool when you look through the glasses. Oh, yeah. it's I'm such – it was funny because, like, uh, you know, I'm in, I'm in L.A. And so it was like you and, you and me, I think we got the same amount. I think it was like 65, 67%. 67, yeah. Yeah. So it got a little hazy. Like, because um, yeah. they're like, oh, it starts at about 9 o'clock. And I go, and I'm like, oh, well, that's Oregon. So, yeah, it would be around the same time as us. So, you know, I had the TV on. And then my, my brother uh, uh, came over and he's like, oh, it's on. He goes, oh, shit, I forgot about that. So like we're having breakfast and shit while we're watching it, and then we're watching it on TV. So I'm switching between like CNN, the Weather Channel, NASA TV, <laughs> you know, like everything, just because I want to. And it was cool because actually the news broadcast, nobody interrupted for commercials. No, it was actually pretty pretty fucking interesting. I was like, going, oh, that's that's actually pretty well, cool. It's a it's a it's a big fucking deal. Well, Ninety nine I mean? years like, in the making, you know. It's like, right. but. Um, and the, the sole reason why it was so big is because this is the only eclipse we've ever had that was basically just North America. Like we've never had it go from coast to coast. And it, to be honest, it was it was more like a total eclipse of the hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, and uh, and so you know, and for the most part, and what was actually really cool because I was I watched it through the entire thing where it, until it went off the shore. Um, so like I'm sitting there and I'm like, is it me or is it getting kind of hazy outside? My brother's like, it looks really hazy. We didn't buy the glasses, so I didn't, you know, want to look up. I didn't pull a Trump and, like, look up in there. Ah. <laughs> I didn't pull a Trump. <laughs> and it, it was funny, too, because instantly became a meme. It's like, scientists, don't look up directly into the sun. Right underneath is Trump looking right up into it. You're like, what a bitch. <laughs> um, so, what? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I looked at that and then, you know, was kind of watching TV and I was like, I was such a nerd because like I was getting like super excited when you see like especially like Oregon when it's like bright and then all of a sudden it just like went like dark and you're seeing the, right. the stars in there. I was just like so fucking giddy as a kid and I was listening and then Anderson Cooper comes on and he was like he goes this is just like he goes this is like amazing. He goes I I couldn't believe just how I reacted when I saw the eclipse happen on the TV. He goes I literally got closer to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, that's kind of how I was, you know, and then watching it as it goes through like Idaho and, and the one real one that I, I, I was kind of bummed about was I think Missouri. And at this particular spot in Missouri, the only area in the United States that actually had weather like like it was coming down. They had this open field. People were camping out waiting for it. one guy came from Australia, planted right. for like five years. And it was just like overcast and it was coming down and everybody was kind of kind of annoyed by it but a lot of people stayed but there were a lot of people that also left because they're like well shit we ain't gonna see anything literally right at the time of the eclipse the the rain stopped the clouds opened up they saw the sun and then the moon and then it got dark and everything and then just as the sun then the clouds kind of came back and everything i was like oh shit that i go if you went there and you left because you're like fuck this we ain't gonna see anything be kicking yourself in the fucking ass man yeah and then yeah you're fucking stupid like if if we've known about this eclipse forever i mean it's just yeah. basic fucking math <laughs> so if they if they tell you something's gonna happen just wait don't be fucking don't be a dumbass yeah don't be that but, guy but, but still that even now oh go ahead no it's, don't be that guy that tells um their grandkids yeah that big fucking eclipse yeah i was gonna see it but uh I boned out early because they're going to be like, you're a fucking clown. I can't, I don't even respect you as a man. They get up, just get up and leave. They just, get, they just get up and just like, fuck you. And then walk away. So, fuck you. <laughs> five-year-old, <laughs> your five-year-old grandson goes fucking loser. Dips. Like you, you are, you're a real piece of fucking work. You know that? Yeah, I would laugh my fucking ass off. But the, the, the last one, like they, they, you know, went through like South Carolina. But the last one, there was a fucking um, Carnival cruise ship out in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle, by the way. And uh, they made it an eclipse cruise. And they said when they... Did a total eclipse of the hat? She was on there and she sang that song. <laughs> <laughs> and and they... Dude, they, I have said that like 20 times today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. I can't stop. And they said that like... They, I think they left on Sunday and like boned out at top speed to make sure they were in the right location <laughs> and um the, the they had the cnn guy who was on there and he's like okay we're seeing it and then you know keep in the middle keep in mind this is in the middle of the atlantic fucking ocean goes pitch black the lights of the boat Shit. were on and then they cut the lights of the boat right so it was complete darkness that i was just like oh my god and my brother was saying about the one in um in missouri he goes you know even if i couldn't see it just seeing it go black 
you know, go mm. night for like that two, two and a half minutes. He goes, that would still be enough. And but it was cool because like you in that like in Missouri, you could see the darkness coming. I kept thinking of fucking uh, Rick James, uh, the Dave Dave Chappelle. Darkness. darkness, ladies and gentlemen, darkness is coming. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was it was cool. It was it was really a really it was a real nerdy thing to do. Like I just right. I, I just totally got into it. I, I dug it. But um, so, uh, it, it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Adam and I talked about cutting the cord and stuff like that and like your options of cutting the cord. So, um, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about it for a while. So this time and this was one of the things that I had said, I go, you know, and sometimes call your cable, call your uh, provider because they may be able to cut you a deal. And, and DirecTV, yeah. you know, I've been with DirecTV for almost 10 years now. And uh they uh they cut us a deal where we didn't have to lose anything but we get like almost 40 bucks off for six months and then i was like okay but and i gotta upgrade my fucking dvrs and shit but there were i was like so in six months i get to go back so if i wanted to downgrade i'd like just call us we'll we'll have something for for our longtime members so you know i was like you know what that's cool that's enough you know for me and at this point, you know, over a couple, over the six months, it actually would, I have to buy a bunch of new hardware to, to make sure, do, you know, I was able to do all that stuff streaming because of course not everything has everything. So, you know, so that, that's one of the things that I was, I was telling you guys to, to look at. And even on my blog, the middle age geek, I, I did the four things you need to ask yourself, the four questions you need to ask before you, you cut the cord. Um, right. So, yeah, so definitely, uh, that, that was something that, was kind of cool and it was like you know it was enough it made enough of a dent where it was like okay you know we'll keep it for now because we were all set up to like lose all the movie channels and all the sports channels and all that stuff just to kind of you know go with you know because we were actually thinking of keeping basic cable and then just adding on like hbo go and like maybe showtime or something like that you know and and we you know netflix and i mean fucking this weekend i was watching fucking netflix all weekend so, oh for real yeah yeah because uh because actually leads right into our one awesome thing so uh my one awesome thing was i fucking binged uh the defenders marvel's the defenders this weekend yeah buddy and uh i dug it i i really really dug it there were it's funny because <laughs> the internet is like it, it seems like the internet is trying to be this sophisticated nerd realm like you know, they fell into these tropes of uh, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, because everybody hated Iron Fist. Nobody, if you, all the critics hated Iron Fist for some odd reason. The character is, is, is a little driven. I get it. But it's like, I didn't think Iron Fist, like you, you and me streamed like the first couple of episodes, you know, when you were yeah. down here. And, and I, I liked it. Like, I liked everything that was going on. And, um, you know, he was a little intense, but you know what? It's like, so what? But he's, I mean, it makes sense for him to be at least. Like, it's not out out of fucking, out of turn. You know what right. I mean? Like, he's a kung fu dude that, you know, lives somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I really dug the Defenders because the Defenders not only brought in just like the main characters, but they also brought in a lot of their supporting cast. So... You had Foggy and you had Karen and, you know, you had all these characters from all the other shows right. uh, um, in there and part of the storyline and, you know, how they interacted. And 
the cool the thing is is that when you watch it you kind of don't need to see what happened in all the previous um, shows like they kind of give you a, a, a brief little setup as to what happened in these episodes or these series because it takes place after all of their seasons like pretty much for everything else season one and daredevil season two but they still give you a lot of um a lot of uh you know backstory to it and it doesn't really impact everything at that you know at that point like you know daredevil's no you know matt matt murdoch is no longer daredevil he's trying to trying to lead a normal life and we all know how that's going to go you know and everybody's kind of in it in a down in a down spot and them getting together and doing this whole story and and at the end of the at the end of the series it actually puts all the characters with more of a directive now like even jessica jones who's like oh my god i can't handle these names because you had the hand and the chase and all that she's like i can't handle these names you know <laughs> and, and uh you know you have her you know looking at daredevil because he's down he he gets down there. and the way they brought those two together was pretty creative and uh you know the one scene where she's gonna go in and try to find out what's going on and matt is following her and he grab they're in the bottom floor of this big building and he pulls her to the side and he's like no you can't she's like why she goes what do you you know what's your deal like what is it with you and then all of a sudden he hears a gun he goes gunshot and then she goes where and he goes long story and he takes her scarf and just runs off you know and then you know he he goes running up all these flights of stairs puts the scarf around his head kind of a, a throwback to like his first costume when we, we were in the first the first season yeah. and then as he gets up to the top the elevator doors opens up and Jessica's right there. She just walks out of the elevator and she looks at him and she's like, you look like an ass. And he's like, it's your scarf. And then it leads into this whole, like you see them all kind of fight together for the first time, which is actually pretty fucking cool. Um, I dug it. I dug it a lot. Um, there is a little trailer at the end of the, ep at the end of the uh, season. And it's pretty much, it's a trailer for the Punisher. Um, so that's that looks pretty cool, but it really kind of sets everybody up in a good spot to start their second season, or in Daredevil's case, his third season. So uh, I li I liked it a lot. I thought it, it kept me really intrigued, and I was kind of like it ended on it. It really did a comic. It really felt like an eight issue comic arc because you always get like the build up at the end of the ep at the end of the issue, and then it's like right. okay, now I got to get to the next issue, and then you get like. You get the payoff, but you also get a little bit of backstory. Then you get the payoff, and then you know it, it just, you're just in it, just the tip. Yeah, it, it really was just the fucking tease. <laughs> but uh, but it was it was cool. Eight eight episodes really went by really fast. I I, I was actually kind of quick, like going, oh, that's it, it's over now. <laughs> yeah, I need to check it out because I haven't um, I haven't watched any of it. I still need to watch the second season of fucking um, Daredevil daredevil yeah and finish iron fist i haven't finished iron fist i only got like two episodes to go i'm fucking up <laughs> like yeah speaking speaking of fucking shows up. i need to catch up on <laughs> oh um, i thought you meant speaking of fucking up <laughs> well yeah story of my life <laughs> right. i just thought this was really cool because i i love um this reminds me of, like people who learn klingon and shit <laughs> and i just dig it like to, to love something that much you know what i right. mean but I had a Klingon um, dictionary when I was younger. I had one. I think I had one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Kapla. laughs> 
<laughs> so you can now learn one of Game of Thrones's ancient languages, High Falarian, thanks to du Duolingo. Uh, Quartz reports the company teamed up with the show's linguist, David J. Peterson, to create a free online course that teaches Daenerys Targaryen's mother tongue. Um, you, that's Amelia Clark, the hot blonde in the show, if you don't watch it, which you're the only one, Steve. You can try, <laughs> you can try it out on uh, Duolingo's website now, and it will, be, it will soon be available on uh, iOS and Android devices. The course is free with an option to pay for a subscription to remove ads. You'll learn everything from how to simply say father, which is Keppa, in High Valerian to more complex phrases like Daenerys Daenerys praises the dragon which translates to fuck Daenerys <laughs> oh I was gonna say Zal that's that's the translation is fuck oh, hold on <laughs> Daenerys Zaldarizzi Rihas something like that <laughs> Peterson invented High Valerian specifically for the TV series since George R.R. R. Martin only created a, a select few words and phrases for his novel the language is similar to ancient Greek as it also uses an a Aortis tense, sure. Um, yeah, so there's there's a there's this language and then the Dothraki language, uh, which are completely workable languages in that show. I just thought this was fucking super nerdy. Like you you want that next level? Yeah. Like if you if you you're talking, oh yeah, I'm I'm a big Game of Thrones fan. You know, I watch all the episodes. Then someone comes up, yeah, I watch the show, but I also read them books though. You know, whatever. <laughs> and then the next week, man, I read the books, I watch the show, and and then you just start speaking High Valerian, right? Right. And everyone's just gonna be like, I ain't got nothing to say, bro. Like, fuck. <laughs> that's like that's like when you get like, oh yeah, I'm a total Star Trek fan. Yeah, really? Did you have the tech manuals? Oh no, I didn't have that. And then fuck hey, off. I had the tech manuals, oh, motherfucker. Oh, you fuck already yeah, know. Oh yeah. You already know. I, I okay? think I still have mine. I, the next generation and the original Enterprise, both versions. That's right. Yeah. And I had some of the. Um, then I had the Klingon, the Klingon dictionary. I had the Klingon tech manual too. I had the fucking, dude. I'm not even gonna get into it. <laughs> I had so much fucking shit. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but yeah <laughs> and that pretty much sums that one up <laughs> uh so our main topic this week will be a little fun uh but before uh that let's talk about some headlines <laughs> So the Hollywood re Reporter is is reporting <laughs> that uh, Stephen Daldry is Star Wars's New Hope. The Oscar-nominated director behind Billy Elliot and The Hours is in early talks to helm a Star Wars standalone movie centering on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, sources say uh, talks are in the earliest of stages and that the project has no script. If a deal is made, Daldry would oversee the development and writing with Lucasfilm's brass. The Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone is one of several projects being developed by Lucasfilms and Disney that fall outside the trilogies telling the story of the Skywalker family. Obviously, a Han Solo movie is in final stages of shooting under new director Ron Howard, and Lucasfilms is also considering picks centering on Yoda and the bounty hunter Boba Fett, among other characters. In the original Star Wars trilogy, um, Kenobi was a, is a desert-dwelling, war-weary hermit who later provides to be a wise and powerful uh, warrior brandishing a lightsaber. He is briefly mentored to the a brief briefly a mentor to young Luke Skywalker before being cut down by Darth Vader. The character played a central role in uh, Lucas's prequels. 
which recounted the origin of Vader and the betrayal of Kenobi and the, um, and the Jedi. Uh, Daldry hails from the theater world and made his feature debut in 2000's Billy Elliot, which netted him his first directing Oscar nomination, and followed that up with Syrian dramas The Hours and The Reader, which also netted him directing nods. Daldry most recently directed episodes of the Netflix drama uh, period drama The Crown, which garnered him an Emmy nod. Um, I, I want to check out The Crown because uh, it's about uh, Queen Elizabeth, the young, and uh, Matt Smith plays... Uh, uh, Prince William. So, Ooh. yeah, so I kind of want to check that out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think of anything, everybody kind of wanted a, a Obi-Wan, you know, because everybody... Ev- I want a Yoda one, dude. <laughs> Yoda one? Like, real talk. Yeah. I, I mean, want a Yoda movie, because we don't know a lot of stuff about Yoda. Well, yeah, we don't know a lot of stuff about Yoda, but at the same thing with Obi-Wan, you know, we don't know what happened during that that time of you know, and it could be cool too because, like, if you think about it, if they take place after you know the prequel and before the new trilogy or the uh, the trilogy, you know, it could be where maybe he was, you know, maybe they were hunting him down, maybe he was on the run for a little bit, you know, that would be kind of cool. Don't see- you te- don't you tease me? <laughs> yeah. So, and it'd be cool if they get you and McGregor to play it. Yeah. That, I would, that be, would be cool. I wouldn't mind seeing him come back. Dude. Oh yeah, he was fucking. He's fucking legit. If there was one good thing out of the prequels. From the prequels. <laughs> he was. He embodied that fucking role. Oh, he God. was just the shit. He was so awesome in that. You and, could tell he was having fun with it too. Oh yeah, and the swagger he would have when oh, he was. Oh shit! You know. Forget it. <laughs> you were the chosen one. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, anyway, um. Wonder Woman director Patty Jenkins is in final negotiations to helm uh, the sequel. So uh, Wonder Woman 2 was officially confirmed at Comic-Con last month. Jenkins's involvement beyond writing a treatment for the film was still up in the air. Uh, Deadline reports that the reason behind this came down to Jenkins's negotiation about her salary after Wonder Woman was such a smash hit for Warner Brothers, stating that Jenkins has been fighting for a salary on par with a male director in the wake of such a successful first film. As of Tuesday evening, the deal was being finalized, and if it goes through, Jenkins will reportedly be the highest-paid female director in Hollywood. Although Deadline did not reveal a figure, the publication did state that her payday and deal is in step with any other director who has achieved what Jenkins has. According to a source, the deal will be reached soon. Wonder Woman 2 is set to open in theaters December 19th, ni- or 2019. <laughs> 1919. Uh, 1919, <laughs> shit. Uh, and we'll see Gail Gadot. Uh, is it Gadot or Godot? You know, I've heard both ways. I really don't know. You know I just call her Wonder Woman. I just call her Diana. You know what? You're right. And we will see Diana Prince return to star <laughs> as Diana Prince. Released earlier this year, Wonder Woman has gone on to become the highest grossing DCEU film domestically. Um, I I was talking about this at work with a couple of cats, a couple of girls and stuff, and um, everybody was pretty unanimous on it. Like, why shouldn't she get paid the same amount of money as any male uh, director? Right. And I think I think if if the offer was on the table and she was off at a lower figure, they were probably going off an old playbook yeah. of what they should pay her. And she was ballsy enough, you know, <laughs> right. no pun intended, uh, ballsy, <laughs> ballsy enough to say, no, fuck you. I should be paid 
what I what I deserve, and I agree with her. Yeah, you know? and especially it's not when a feminist like a lot of people are saying, oh, she's such a feminist. No, she's not. She no. should get paid equal. I mean, she's bringing Prim- a lot of money to primarily the table. because it's the be- it's the um, best received movie and highest grossing movie of all of their stuff. Yeah, you got to kind of do that. I mean, yeah, you guys stroked Zack Snyder's dick enough, you know, and, yeah. and you know, it's like no, if somebody brought new life to. Uh, to your franchise and actually made people kind of like okay cool you know this you know things might be cool for justice league fuck do it do it do it oh dude i was um i was i was on one of those websites that you know where you you know where people acquire things Mm -hmm. and um they had the unaired pilot of the wonder woman remember they tried to do that like back in 2011 oh yeah yeah and um, I saw like they just had stills to kind of show you the quality. One of them had Themyscira Industries. I no, was like, didn't. yes. I was like, going, oh my god! I just I don't even. Skates, skates, skates. <laughs> I was like, I don't even need to watch it anymore. That's like we're we're right. we're done. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on into a uh, gaming news. Polygon is reporting that Sony's next major software update for the PlayStation Four is now available for testing in a closed beta and we finally know that the version 5.0 firmware may bring to the console arguably none of its new elements are as big of a deal as the ones in the most recent major update uh, v4.50 which added features like usb uh, external storage support chief among the new items is the version 5.0 updated is an overhaul of the way that sony handles parental controls under the current system a parent can use their own master account to create sub accounts for up to six family members under 18. however any parental controls such as preventing access to games based on their esrb rating apply to all users on the same console including adults Sony is looking to replace that system with uh, PlayStation 4 uh, V5.0 with a family on PlayStation Network. With the new setup, the PSN will allow uh, multiple adults to be part of the same family. The original account holder, uh, the family manager, will be able to promote another adult in the family to the position of parent slash guardian. And then the other individuals will be able to adjust Uh, parental controls. In addition, the new system will let adults customize parental controls for each child account in the family. Another major area of focus in in the upcoming update is friend management and notification. Sony is adding a long-awaited setting, the ability to disable notification pop-ups during video playback, an option that will be available on Xbox 360 for ages that has been available on 364 ages and was added to Xbox One less than a year after the console's launch, which I got to disable because when I'm watching something and I hear you come on, it's like kind of annoying. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've disabled mine because um, it, it gets intense. Like, <laughs> you, like I was watching, I was watching Game of Thrones, right. and that is one of those shows where you're in it. Right. Like, you don't want any distractions. Yeah. You know, and I'm watching it, and it's all fucking Stephen Vargas. I'm like, motherfucker, get out of here. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't even like that motherfucker. <laughs> Users will also be able to customize the color of the pop-up windows and enable privacy mode for PSN Messenger pop-ups that hide their senders and content. In addition, notifications will be accessible from the quick menu, allowing players to easily check in on download progress and party invites. On the friend's side, PS4 version 5.0 replaces the friend's 
page existing the group uh, favorite group tab with a feature that will allow users to group their PSN friends into customized lists. Uh, for PlayStation 4 Pro owners, the 5.0 update will enable broadcasting games via Twitch at 60 frames per second in 1080p resolution. Assuming that Sony releases the new firmware to anybody soon, that will be a fast turnaround. Twitch only added support for 1080p 60 frames per second streaming at the end of March. Uh, you can check out all um, for the full PlayStation blog post for further details on that code named Nabung. Nabunaga. Nabunaga. Yeah, Nabunaga. That sounds like what um, the fucking mass says in Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Moving right along, motherfucker. Um, (laughs) Nabunaga. (laughs) Nabunaga. Nintendo cannot seem to get a break. (laughs) With success of the Nintendo Switch, they are immediately getting hit with a lawsuit that claims that their new console is too close to someone else's product. Um, how do I develop a game vice who I've never fucking heard of? <laughs> Filed a lawsuit claiming that the Switch is too similar to its own product for which for which infringes on their patent. Uh, the core of the complaint lies in Game Vice's patent that is titled Combination Computing Device and Game Controller with Flexible Bridge Section. Uh, basically, their patent consists of a computing device linked with a pair of uh, connected controllers on on each side of it. Sounds like many of the handhelds that Sony has made um, with that broad terminology. This uh, article, by the way, is written by our very own Stephen Vargas, <laughs> and I completely agree with him because I remember there being many devices that had controls uh, on the side of it. Um, Gamevice states that they have detailed how the Switch is infringing on its property and wants the court to halt production and sales of the devices <laughs> as well as award for damages. Mashable claims that there are some major differences between both devices, most notably that the Switch controllers are not connected by a flexible bridge. Um, it is unclear how much of a case they can make against Nintendo. However, California courts have always been good toward tech companies in regards to patent issues, uh, almost never forcing companies to halt production. We shall see how this plays out. Listen. Ain't no one stopping Nintendo <laughs> from making the Switch. Right. Remember Nintendo that, remember that company? Out of court before that happens. Remember when uh, that one company said that Apple infringed and tried to get them to stop Apple um, Apple production? Yeah. yeah, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. If I, it was a tiny company, maybe. Because they can't afford the court costs. Right. Nintendo can afford the court costs. <laughs> you know what Nintendo's saying right now? The Burka. <laughs> Nintendo's like, fuck you guys. We we finally came out with a console that people like. You kiss my fucking ass. It's like, listen, we'll give you the Wii U. Right? <laughs> yeah, we'll give you the Wii U. Let's do let's do a trade. <laughs> I know. I was like, going, Jesus, really? I go right when they have a good when they have a good console come out, people like it. Now it's like, and I was gonna put a comment in there, like, uh, like, oh yeah, and if you thought the uh, you know scarcity of uh, product was gonna be bad <laughs> before, <laughs> wait till this shit happens. It's gonna get hey, really hey, bad. Uh, hey Steve, seriously though, the <laughs> burka. <laughs> 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 Oh, man. All right. Moving on into comic news. Uh, The 
Incoming creative team of Captain America aren't just leading the iconic patriotic hero into Marvel's comics legacy era, they're following up perhaps the most controversial storyline in, Mar in Marvel history. In the current unfolding highly controversial Secret Empire, Cap has been revealed to be a Hydra agent, a fascist uh, villain rather than a justice for all hero fans have known for decades. And how do they, how do you recover from that? Now it's up to Mark Wade and uh, and Samney, a creative team that brought together that were brought together before on Black Widow and Daredevil. His Daredevil role was actually really good, so I, I have yeah. high hopes for this one. To return the Avenger to his status as one of Marvel's top superheroes rather than its most vile supervillain, the first step involves the uh, resumption of the series' classic numbering, while the bigger, more important task it will be handled inside the covers. Quote: It's very much a heartbreaking. Uh, a hearkening back to the more bombastic classic era of, of Marvel with a more modern feel, Wade told IGN. As a, um, a of what he and Samney have planned for their run and how it leans into the overall um, legacy goal of pulling most of the best parts of the Marvel storied history. Chris, Samney, and I are working to wed the grandeur of the Silver Age Captain America of yore with today's Steve Rogers and today's Marvel Universe. Uh, we, we're having a ball. As for how the pair will deal with the fallout from Secret Empire, which will wrap shortly ahead of the Legacy area, the plan is simple. They're going to more or less leave leave it in the past. Our issues will be, will be set several months after the conclusion of Secret Empire, Wade said, as great of a story as that was, and we will refer to it, our mission is to look forward and create new adventures. Our cap issues are a departure in style, mixing the best of both of uh, pre our previous works, Wade added, emphasizing humanity and high adventure that equals in measure. They have, and the link you, uh, below, you can see the issue Captain America 695 uh, with the uh, the cover on the link, and it's actually really cool because it's very, very classic Captain America stylized. It's super fucking American, dude. right? Like, Fuck you! If they're gonna get somebody on, then Mark Wade is definitely a talent. Oh fuck if, yeah! And he, if if you know from the. If you want to get someone who can really pull them out of this whatever the fuck they've done, um, <laughs> I think Mach Wade is definitely a um, a heavyweight that can take care of it. So. Yeah, I've always been very, very His happy. His Daredevil run was oh, fucking yeah. dope. It was super dope. I read a couple of issues. Yeah. And it was real good. And th that's the thing. It's like when I heard Mark Wade was taking over Captain America, I'm like, good. Yeah. You know, because he's, he's done a lot of great stuff. Because, honestly, I'm not really upset that they made... I'm not upset so much that they made he, Captain America take a dark turn. It's I think, just I don't just, think they he, knew what they were fucking doing. I don't think they really kind of well. It was you know because keep in mind these these story arcs happen in advance, so it's not like this. Oh, oh, next month we're gonna start a whole new thing and we're gonna do this. No, this happened like a year ago because they were building up to it, you know, yeah. and from issue one. So it was it, to me it was just more of I just people. Because of the state, of, I, I, they just didn't anticipate the culture that people just started right. automatically kind of freaking out about, and it was just and people's also, fault. But, but honestly, I was I was looking at that story. It looked like they did it, and then there was a a, a mass. Now what? Because yeah. the story was so sloppy. It was it was so kind of run together. Just it almost just to do it for the sake to do it. There really was no reason to it. It was kind of yeah. It it was to me. Captain America is not it's not the Fantastic Four. 
And the the problem with the Fantastic Four is, is there's you are absolutely correct. You know, they're they're <laughs> <laughs> the th the thing is is that you know like people say they always have trouble trying to make the Fantastic Four you know popular or relatable now, and it's just like you know the problem is is that they've expanded the Fantastic Four you know I guess mythos so much that it's really hard to kind of keep track of what's going on. Right. You know, if they kind of brought it back and got back to basics that would probably work but the thing with captain america is, is you don't need to do that you don't need to 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 change it dramatically just for the sake of doing it. and that's kind of how i always felt but it was done was just for the sake of doing it right so ladies, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen boys and girls of all ages um, <laughs> if if you've recently seen and if you haven't you need to check it out but there was a the justice league doc animated film um, which centered around Batman was in it, uh, and he <laughs> teamed up with Constantine um, to take care of a Big Batty. I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it. It was really good, much like all DC animated flicks. I mean, they hold it the fuck down. Okay. <laughs> um, now it had a surprise appearance from one of my favorite characters in Calendar DC. Man? No. Oh. This is, but it's on that same vein where it's a character that <laughs> is old and you don't see him that much anymore. But it's Etrigan the fucking demon. Etrigan oh, yeah. The demon is the shit. He talks in prose the whole fucking time. Like he just rhymes all the time. It's Eminem. <laughs> what is that old timey type? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny. Um, so he's making a comeback. So a new book written by Andrew Constant. Uh, who's known for Torn and illustrated by Brad Walker and Andrew Hennessy, uh, who did some work on Aquaman. The title starts Jack Kirby's classic creation uh, in a tale that finds Jason Blood retired, uh, believing he's locked away the demon Etrigan for forever. But when a nuclear bomb explodes in Death Valley, it unearths a threat only he he's equipped to confront. Um, now, this article, unfortunately, doesn't really explain who Etrigan the demon is and he's not that well known but um but that's Jason, why we have that's why we have expert Adam Riley here thank to you, explain thank it to you. you thank you um <laughs> <laughs> Jason Blood uh was he's very old and he was around the time with Merlin in DC Universe Merlin was a real dude um and there was this Straight evil way money they they go through this whole thing in 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 the Justice League Dark flip I'll, I'll gloss over it he was a knight and they went to go fight this evil wizard. And unfortunately, uh, the evil wizard killed him. Um, in order to... Oh, no. he So the wizard... I'm sorry. So Merlin <laughs> summoned Etrigan the demon from hell. He summoned Etrigan and he goes, what? Basically, <laughs> like, what do you want? Um, and he says, so... <laughs> he goes, go fight the evil guy. So Etrigan did. Etrigan's a shit. He's this big fucking just... And he's just a powerhouse. So what Merlin did in order to save Jason Blood's uh, life was he binded the two together. So now Jason Blood was immortal because he got the immortality from Etrigan, but Etrigan was now bound to him. It's kind of like a Hulk thing where he right. can turn into Etrigan, but he's not Etrigan. They're two separate entities that share the same body. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, quote, um, I was excited to work on a great, slightly lesser exposed Kirby character. Uh, Walker said in a statement as I've gotten into Andrew's scripts I've been having fun doing something totally different than books I've worked on in the past it's fun tapping into moody darker aspects of my art 
it has a bit of a vertigo vibe which actually really excites me um it's maybe not a side of me people know but it's stuff i am a fan of just as much as the big bombastic superhero stuff so the name of the book the demon hell is earth uh issue one debuts november 15th from dc dc comics i would definitely be copping this etrigan's dope you you have to you have to read go watch justice league dot and you, you'll get it right right there he's he's just he speaks in fucking riddles yeah. the entire time it's just so <laughs> dope i don't know how much you've seen of him well you saw that justice league doc didn't you i saw mo- i saw part of it but yeah he's in like the beginning of it and yeah i, I saw him on there i was like going so fucking great yeah speaking of which i actually have the uh i just recently got the batman and harley quinn movie which i still have to watch so oh i haven't seen that i forgot that came out yeah so i'll have to uh procure that yeah as a as By I purchasing it, <laughs> I actually want I want to purchase all those fucking um, all of them. Just have them stacked. Dude. Yeah, I'm gonna be going tomorrow picking up uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two since that comes out tomorrow. I still haven't seen that fucking movie. Fucking great movie, dude! I loved it. I, in some parts, it's actually kind of better than the first one. That's so, what I've heard. Yeah. All right, moving on into technology news. Moving on up. <laughs> Um, last year Microsoft announced their update to the Xbox One which was given the name Project Scorpio and then it was given the name the Xbox One X rumors of a limited edition version of the console with the Project Scorpio moniker was being touted this past week during Gamerscom 2017 this weekend Microsoft made it official before you get too excited about it, it's uh, the Xbox One X console and controller, but it will have the moniker printed in green on both the console and the controller. Yeah, that's it. So if you like the name before it was changed to the Xbox One X, I wouldn't blame you. Now's your chance. According to Polygon, the Project Scorpio edition will include a, quote, sophisticated and dynamic graphic pattern across the exterior in quote that Microsoft says was inspired by the original Xbox. The set will also include an ex- an exclusive vertical stand. <laughs> I know, calm down. Everybody needs to just Jesus. relax a little bit. I think I'm a little wet. I know. I, exactly. So let's, let's, let's take a moment. Just kind of calm down a little bit. Quote, when we announced Project Scorpio last year, we were overwhelmed by the excitement of our fans, Microsoft said in a release. And although we revealed Project Scorpio as Xbox One X at E3 earlier this year, the code name will live on in the Scorpio engine that powers the console, as well as in the limited edition console. We designed the Project Scorpio edition for fans to celebrate both our heritage and the power and precision that we are bringing to our fu- into our future. Project, uh, the Xbox One X Project Scorpio Edition will cost $4.99, like the standard T1, uh, one terabyte T1. <laughs> Going back to our internet speed, uh, like the standard one terabyte Xbox One X, and will be only available via pre-order. Microsoft said it is slated for release on November 7th. Pre-orders are currently available on Amazon, Best Buy, GameStop, Microsoft Store, Target, and Walmart. Um, I mean, if you're getting it, I guess that's kind of cool. Xbox, no, Microsoft thinks they're fucking slick. Yeah, they're making this special edition over a name. <laughs> I'm not mad at them though. I I, I fucking applaud the hustle because you know people are gonna cop this shit. Oh yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I liked Project Scorpio better than the Xbox too. One X. 
But I mean, I knew it wasn't going to stay, but it, it was Microsoft comes up with some dope fucking code names. Yeah, and then you get the actual things. You're like, oh, really? That's it. <laughs> Let me see. But I mean, I the, the the thing, the reason why I'm I think it's okay is simply because of the fact the Xbox One X isn't out yet. It hasn't been released yet. So you know, if you're like, oh wait, I want to I, I want to get that as a pre-order, switch it over to that. You know, as opposed to waiting till after it's been released and everybody's got the Xbox One X, and then it's like, oh, we're releasing Scorpio. You know, dude. First of all, shout out to Wikipedia for having a complete list of all of Microsoft's fucking code names of history. <laughs> so ch- I, I'm I'm just gonna do the gaming hardware. So the these are all the code names for all their consoles and some of the other shit too. Direct X. <laughs> Direct Xbox. Call it out, see what's Direct Xbox. You got to know this shit. Direct Xbox isn't that the original Xbox? Yes, it is. Um, Scorpio. We just said that we one. We just said that one. There you go. Uh, Baraboo. Baraboo. Three hundred and sixty. That's a Hololens. Oh. Uh, Durango. Uh, Jamie Fox. It's <laughs> motherfucker. It's <laughs> Xbox One. Oh. <laughs> um, Natal. That I. That would have to be, that would have to be the 360, wouldn't it? That's the Connect, but the Vicky. Um, Nobody counts the Connect. And Xenon is the <laughs> Xbox 360. <laughs> but they had the, the fucking Microsoft with the dopest <laughs> fucking um. Like, hold on, real quick. We all the way back too. Let me scroll all the way to the top of this bitch. Um, Snowball was Windows for Workgroups 3.11. <laughs> Oh man, I was watching um, the other day. We were supposed to record on Sunday, so I ended up watching when when uh, we had you had your issue. I ended up watching um, fucking the '90s on CNN. Yeah, and uh, they were talking technology of the '90s. You know, they were showing like uh, Bill Gates and him announcing Windows 3.0. <laughs> yeah, you know? and I was just like, oh my god! And then you know they were talking to, and then you know Steve Gate or Steve Jobs with um. Oh no! One news broadcaster goes. They're bring um, Apple is bringing back Steve Jobs. <laughs> I was like, what Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs, and they're like talking with him about next. And I was just like, oh my god! And then Netscape and how Microsoft pretty much put Netscape out of business and all that shit. I was just like, oh my god! I forgot about half this shit. There is only one piece of Microsoft technology in this entire list. Where they didn't change from the code name, hmm. Cortana. <laughs> That's it. it says Ooh, code Cort- name Cortana, name Cortana. That's <laughs> it. Because there's nowhere else to go from that. Right. There, I think. I think before they called it Cortana, they just called it Voice Assistant, <laughs> which isn't a code name. Or the chick from Halo. <laughs> right. That brought from Halo. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, this right. article again comes from the um, talented and vivacious dare I say, uh, Stephen Vargas. Um, <laughs> there isn't really a time when Instagram and by proxy Facebook does not copy some feature that Snapchat creates. However, it seems that this time Instagram has created something that could be useful to many people, including us here us here at the Lazy Geeks. Instagram is teasing a new feature that will allow you to share a live broadcast with friends in split-screen mode. Many people are probably unfamiliar with this feature since you haven't seen 
it since those old Nintendo 64 games or days. Bruh, I remember <laughs> back in the day. It seems pretty straightforward. You go on live stream and tap the new two smiley face icon uh, at the bottom right and select your friend. Everything else about the the live Instagram videos works the same as it always has. You will still get those hot comments and save save it to your story afterwards, according to Instagram. Back in May, it seems that Facebook Live has rolled out this same feature. Uh, this would be a good feature if two people are at different locations and want to do a live stream. Since I am based, all right, let me read this backwards, okay? <laughs> Since I am based in Chandler, Arizona, and Steve is in Los Angeles, this might be something we could try out. I was actually reading this, and I was kind of curious with it because we could do something dope with this kind of shit. Yeah. So I just need to get a webcam. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do it on your phone. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because I've never owned a webcam. And I, I, t- I told my wife, I've never owned a webcam. She's like, why? And I'm like, because I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that that's conversation. Where you, well, I mean, to be honest, you don't want to expose the world to to all of you right at that moment. Because that would just be, all that would be overwhelming. Of me <laughs> loves all of you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck you, kid. <laughs> Yeah, when I when I saw that, I thought, oh, that would be kind of something we could like do, like if we do like, you know, like a, uh, you know, even if we do like a pre podcast, you know, if we just, you know, how sometimes we bullshit for like thirty minutes, right? You know, before we actually do the show, we could actually just jump on that and kind of do whatever, you know, a little bit before we start recording the show, and then say like, okay, now it's time for you know the show. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually thinking about doing something with Google Hangouts or yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, and, and Patrick and I have been talking about doing something on Periscope when we're here doing the shows. So, you know, we're thinking I like, miss Patrick. Tell him I said I love him. <laughs> I will. <laughs> All right. And uh, that is the end of the headlines. So last week we realized that we kind of we kind of hit you a little heavy, you know, and then with every and then with everything going on in in the world, we just, you know, we're we try to only stick with stuff that involve that involves anything, you know, related to the categories that we talk about gaming, movies, TV, tech, in which some of the stuff that that happens, you know, that's happening and and kind of what we're going to talk about next week involves technology. Uh, So uh so this week we decided to kind of ease up a little bit and then just kind of you know make it make it a little fun so we're gonna we're gonna talk about kind of the list of our favorite stuff you know uh, from each category that we talk about here at the lazy geeks um so uh so we've we've kind of i kind of gave up some sections you know movies tv gaming comics and technology and it was kind of like you know what's your favorite and it's it was a hard list, and also I didn't want to totally choose everything that I've always chosen before, but I did in gaming because I just can't think of anything that I love more. <laughs> um, but uh, for in movies, so I guess we're gonna hit off. We're gonna um, start off with movies. So, you know, my my list of favorite, uh, my favorite movie that I have is just a movie that I actually kind of rewatched again and kind of dug on how much I loved it simply because it has. Michael Douglas, you have Sean Penn, you have, um, and you have my, one of my favorite directors, David Fincher, who basically this was like after seven, 
um, the, this movie called The Game. Uh, it most people will probably that if, trailer was fucking wicked. I haven't right? I haven't seen the movie. Right. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, because Adam's like, I've never heard of this one, so I sent him the trailer. I was like, you need to watch the trailer. Right. Um, and it's basically it's the plot is really simple. Um, Michael Douglas and Sean Penn play brothers, and uh, Michael Douglas is the guy who has everything, and so Sean Penn gives him a gift to um, you know go to this company and fill it out, and it's kind of a thing where it it creates a game. So he goes, he makes this whole like social profile. It does, It's supposed to go like deep into psyche, into your psychology and stuff like that. And then after he comes out, shit starts getting weird. You know, he comes home, he finds the, uh, a clown lying in his driveway. You know, his house gets kind nope. of broken into. <laughs> you know, he, he feels he's being followed and chased. The company that he kind of goes to is gone. It's just fucking uh, it's a complete mind fuck they actually have the um patrick and i i got picked this up when it came out a criterion edition of the game a criterion is basically a as a company that not only do they like remaster the uh audio and the the video of any movie that they release but they also put in every extra that has possibly ever been made for this movie together on one on one disc so some of these are usually two discs. I have a I have a few Criterions that I totally adore because they have just uh, uh, great stuff on here. But they did a Criterion of the game, and I love this movie. If you want a movie that has a good mind fuck, it's it, it's definitely one of those. And then at the end, you're kind of like, wow, that was okay. First of all, that's some bullshit because right. whoever gave that, whoever did that to me, I would fucking kill. <laughs> So it, it's definitely a great movie to watch, and it, it, it's definitely one of those that you're just gonna you're gonna have a good time with it because you're gonna watch it, and it does have a lot of rewatchability because I've watched it so many times, and you kind of once you've seen it, it's kind of like um, Fight Club or Seven. When you see it, you kind of look back as you're going through, and you're looking for different stuff, little tells, and then you start realizing, oh shit, I didn't see that. Oh, okay, I get it. You know. It's definitely one of those movies. Yeah, it definitely looks like a mind fuck. <laughs> so, my list, I off the cuff, I was like, "What what shit pops into mind that just changed me on a fundamental level, like <laughs> like just in in any way possible?" And, and the movie that really stuck out to me that I've seen a million times <laughs> um, is The Ami of Darkness. So, Ami of Darkness, it's great. Not only. It's so fucking good. It, not only is it a great movie, but it was at a time. So when did Army of Darkness come out? That's, uh, that's what we need to find out first. Army of Darkness. It's the end of the Evil Dead trilogy. Yes. Yeah. But I had never seen the other ones. Oh, so before movie, you saw Well, it kind of no. stands alone. Like, you can see this without kind of seeing oh, everything yeah. else. So this movie came out on February 19th, 1993. Now, just to give you, let's say, 45, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12... 13. So I was nine. Okay. At that time, horror movies terrified me. Like I couldn't watch them. Like I was, I, I would freak out. This movie made me not afraid of them. <laughs> like I, I don't give a fuck about horror movies anymore because this one, I found this one was my uncle's. I was like, what's this? You know, let me put this in real quick. And it doesn't really look like a horror movie when you look at the cover. It's like, oh, fucking, no. you know, big badass and shit. 
and I saw some horror tropes in there. I'm like, oh shit, but I kept watching it because I'm just a dumb little kid. And I just laughed my fucking ass off. It's just so funny. And the movie stands up. I mean, you oh, can yeah. watch it now, and it's just brilliant, brilliant fucking acting. And it's it kind of makes fun of itself. Like it's the it's that horror trope type stuff. And then you you get to the villain, and the villain's even just as fucking funny. And of course, it's played by the same dude. Right. It's just fucking, oh my god! And just the one liners, man. Well, like it's so Bruce Campbell. Many, I mean, that's it's Bruce, that's Bruce Campbell so in his prime. It's Bruce Campbell in his prime. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. <laughs> or um, first you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Like there's just so <laughs> many fucking one liners in it. And then uh, of the course, and, and then of course, you know, I mean, written and directed by Sam Raimi. It's it's done and done at that point. Yeah. And and Sam Raimi is known for having that fucking beater car that he has in every movie. <laughs> yeah. And it was in the Spider Man movie. It was the one that um Uncle Ben was driving. Oh right, yeah. And it's in this movie too. But it gets <laughs> fucked up in this one. Yeah. Um so definitely peep this out. If you haven't seen that movie, you need to see it. First of all, if you haven't seen this movie You and, fucking and, up. Yeah, you straight fucking up. <laughs> I've seen this movie so many times that it's Get just, the Get the Blu-ray, get the DVD, get the VHS, get the fucking laser disc, get every copy you can find. Because eight, get the real. Because you know, because <laughs> you know, Adam right now is going to be looking for that in VHS. I'm going to fuck it. I'm gonna shit. Uh, um, so moving on into television, my favorite television show. Yeah, we have. You know, I've talked about you know like How I Met Your Mother and Friends and in in you know a lot of these shows. But the one that I always end up coming back to is the IT crowd. Um, UK comedy show. It's on Netflix. It's fucking hilarious. Um, and it basically is. <laughs> I mean, it is what it, it is. What it says it is. I, you have a woman who who uh, who uh, applies for a job, and it's for the IT department. She completely lies. On, on and the interview is great too on how she uh, how she lies about about you know being savvy with computers and having to work at them and stuff like that and goes down and is supposed to become the manager of Moss and Roy, and, uh, Roy who are two com- it's funny because they're both they're both nerds to a different extent like Roy's right. Roy's that nerd but he wants to be kind of cool and then Moss is just a full on complete bucket nerd and it's it's just so well written and it took things it took like uh, what was it uh like when it was you know these, these shows are probably about roughly about anywhere between eight to ten years old so like uh they even have the episode of uh where it's talking about the this is basically around the time facebook came out and they have that episode uh what was it called um uh something face and it would just like how it just completely inundated people's lives and just like all three of them are talking right there but they can't talk because their uh, messenger keeps popping up so they end up just talking in the message <laughs> and they're like yeah. and they're both they're like i've never felt so social in my life you know they're just talking online <laughs> um it's just it's such a great show the D show the D episode that they have uh is a great one it's just so many great episodes in there that it's just like you look at that and you know i i heard back in the day they actually tried to adapt it to american television but the problem is is that the shit that they talk about and the way they do it you can't adapt it to american tv there's no way it's too smart 
Yeah. And you just you just can't do it. It's 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 a hilarious show. It has I mean, it's has a lot of replayability. I, I watch this like a lot. If it's and if you haven't seen it yet, or you maybe you you caught it and you're like, I'm not sure about this one. It's on Netflix. Stream it. It's all five seasons are on there. It's it's, it's just it's hilarious. Um, mine has to be Batman the Animated Series. Of course. Um, this fucking show. First of all, voice acting. <laughs> Do I even need to lay it out for you? We got Mark <laughs> Hamill as the Joker, the definitive voice mm-hmm. of the Joker. And then the dude I always forget his name and feel bad about. Go ahead, Steve. Who is Batman? Kevin Conroy. Thank you. I always <laughs> want to call him Kevin Costner. And it ain't Kevin Costner. <laughs> no, it ain't um, Kevin Costner. This show is great. For this, At least you didn't call I'm... him Nolan North. Because that would have been kind oh, of bad. Geez. That's disrespectful. I mean, <laughs> Nolan North is cool, but that's disrespectful. Um, this show was way ahead of its fucking time to me. And and I think it it's, it's a show that kids watched, yeah. But I think it really... It played it, to the adults. It, it was good for the adults, and the storytelling was top notch, and, and it really every episode has a moral of the story, but they hide it. Oh yeah, you know, and and, and it really teaches you how, um, like life can be fucking dark and twisted sometimes, but you gotta you gotta do the right thing, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think that out of all bits of television and movies for me, this is the embodiment of Batman. Yeah. Um. It, it it shows the detective end. It shows um the Bruce Wayne end. It shows the you know the beat em up. But and it has the rogue gallery is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. in the show and the, the, the introduction of Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, Harley Quinn was um first appeared in this show, um and then moved, made her way to comics. Um, the the art and this is amazing. They actually they actually used um something they had never done before. They used a black background, um to draw on, uh for this. And it gave it that that real moody tone, mm-hmm. and it was just such a great show. I used to run fucking to the TV to see this. This is before DVRs and fucking Netflix and shit, you know. And it was just such a good fucking show. I, I've seen every episode at least a hundred times. Uh, if it's still up, it was on Amazon Prime. You can watch the whole fucking thing. So yeah, if you got Amazon was... Prime and you've never seen this, you fucking up. Some of the younger cats out there, they might not have seen this one. Yeah, one of the things I really liked about it was just the art, the artwork on it because oh, it, it was so that good. it was that classic like, remember like I don't know if you if you've ever seen it, but like that '30s kind of cartoon, you know, where it yeah. was just like everything was kind of, you know, polished and like the the, the there was very sharp corners and just like had just a... the styling of it, like Gotham looked, Gotham looked like someone from the '40s envision the future yeah and, that, and it, that's one of the things that, that struck me with with uh batman and superman the animated series both of those had the similar stylings and i like tim daly right. as superman's voice but it was it yeah both those shows really kind of was but then all the dope shows came from this too the, the justice league show justice league unlimited like it all it all stemmed from this you know and it just this was the time of that animated resurgence you know when it was channel five right. uh, cha- uh like uh the Warner Brothers TV because they had like the Batman series, they had the Animaniacs, they had, you know, this does that whole block of all WB, you know, animated shows. And it just and you always knew the, the, the it was gonna end because it always ended with Batman and Superman. Right. <laughs> that was the end of the block. <laughs> uh so yeah, that was some that's some great shit. I haven't watched it in so long. I should watch it again. Um 
in gaming. I've spoken of this game before, and I will say it till I die. N64 Shadows of the Empire. It's yes. It's based off an expanded universe novel that took place between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and it was Luke on his hunt to try to find um, to try to find Han. Fucking probably one of the coolest fucking video games and since i got my n64 backup you know i played that shit um yes of course graphic wise it doesn't hold up to like everything now but it's still so much fun and it's just one of those games that and it was one of the you know 64 bits so you actually had orchestra star wars music not the synth version (laughs) you know of, of that um I, it's just it, oh my god! I loved 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 that game. I mean, another game that came really close to that was the original Max Payne for the PlayStation Two. I really I really loved that original. The game. original original Max Payne was dope. Yeah, but that series started to get kind of, you know what I mean, yeah. like a little watered down. But the original one was so dope. Oh yeah, the fucking dreams with the baby crying and you're trying to follow that trail yeah. of blood through that staircase without falling. So crazy. That was nuts. But yeah, it, it was real. you know, Shadow of the Empire edges out because I just, I love that game and I played that game as much as I could. Uh, Man, that game was dope as fuck. Oh, fuck if you yeah. had an N64 and you didn't have Shadows of the Empire, you were fucking up. What like, was, that was the game. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of anything with Nintendo. If you didn't have a Star Wars game with a Nintendo console, the fuck are you doing? I had that stolen copy because we rented it from this place called Valley Video, and I never returned that motherfucker, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know how we do it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So when I was thinking about games, there's so many hot games throughout all history. And... um the game series i picked a series that i've probably put the most amount of time in the most amount of thought in not only playing the game the games but also just pouring over forums and and strategies and all types of stuff has to be the civilization series i've been talking about this since since day one (laughs) uh, i've played the original dos civilization and if you've never played that just go to a youtube video and look at that shit i mean we're talking about boxes sliding over a map there was like six civilizations all the way up to um the current one which is fucking uh civilization six so fucking dope the evolution of this series is ridiculous if you like history if you like strategy games and you just want a game where you can chill because it's turn-based too yeah you know what i mean i've played I've, i've sat down and played this game for i think the longest and this is my younger days. I, I can't fucking do this now. But I played for seven hours straight. <laughs> only getting up for take a piss. That's it. <laughs> like, I, you get sucked into it. Just one more turn is where that saying came from. It's the Civilization Games. It's Such like, a great fucking It's period. like that meme that I've seen on, on Instagram where it's uh, the picture of uh, Empress, Emperor Palpatine. And then it says when your mom asks you, did you play video games all night? And then the then the, the next shot is him look with his eyes looking at you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like with all the racism. This is that shit. fucking game. <laughs> no, and I mean it was just so great. And they had, um, you know, they made some offshoots too. Like they made a magic one, I think, like where it was like a fantasy world. They made a futuristic one, of course. Um, and it, the the main run though, I think I think Civilization two I played the most of back in the day. Because it was basically Civilization One, but it looked better. Yeah. Um, and then Civilization Three was cool because that added borders, so you had your Civilization actually had borders. Um, four, four was dope. 
four four was like huge five was the one that it was more of a tactical kind of um you your your unit could only you could only have one unit per um square you couldn't stack them up and it it kind of changed the whole fucking thing it kind of was more like a tabletop strategy game at that point and then six went back to the source and six is dope like it, it's so fucking and it's clean to the fucking graphics are clean baby you can see everything on that shit and fuck barbarians and fuck gandhi too there's, there's <laughs> a thing there's a thing um in civilization series and and the rumor has it that in the first civilization so gandhi is the leader of, of the of the indians um the real indians not native american <laughs> um and there was a code era where so every every um every leader has a personality um and they accidentally made gandhi kind of a warmongerer like mm. he was crazy he just wanted to decimate every but he still had the nice peaceful dialogue so oh right really weird so they've left it in and they never admit it but they've left it in and there's there's a there's this thing if you have india on your map in any civilization game do not let gandhi get nukes because he will blow the fucking planet up <laughs> he destroys every he don't give a fuck he just lobbing the nukes in places and shit so fucking just play the fucking game cleopatra's hot as fuck too i'm not gonna lie <laughs> you know but uh yeah if you haven't played that you're fucking up steve <laughs> oh man all right so comics this was tough so I, it was tough. This was the toughest one for me. Yeah, this was the toughest one for me too. Like I had to really kind of think about it and just kind of like, hmm, how do I how do I pick like a series? Because you know I picked like these categories. Like okay, that'll be cool. Then when you actually sit down to try to look at me, like fuck. Yeah. Um. But I had to go with probably my all time favorite Marvel superhero Secret Wars. Um. I know I've mentioned it a few times on on this podcast, but it was. It was, and up until um, Civil War, like the benchmark of what a um, of what a uh, event type of series is. Uh, you, you had, in, in for those of you that you know claim to be Marvel fans, if you don't know this, you're not a fan. Right. Um, they have this out in in paperback. They have it in hardback. They have it digitally. It's a a care a creature called the Beyonder kidnaps all of the villains of Marvel and the heroes of Marvel, and then puts them on this remote planet that they created, and then they have to fucking duke it out. Um, so you have X Men, Fantastic Four, Spider Man, you know Hulk. It, you have all of these heroes and their rogue gallery, and then they have to fight, and then you know in they get they're given just certain materials that they can do and of course the heroes are trying to find a way to get back to uh get back to um, earth and uh the funny thing about it is that this is the this is the series where spider-man gets the black costume where he gets the symbiote where it becomes venom you know this is the whole origin story of that um you know and and the great thing is is that you know you have and then you have like the villains led by Magneto, who's trying to play both sides, and as usual, um, just such a great, great series, a great read. I mean, it was done in like 84, 85, I want to say. 
Um, Are you sure? I thought it was later than that. No, it was done pretty fucking early. Um, let me just let's. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, I know. Same here. 1984. Yeah, you're right. I thought I, I could have sworn it was 88. I must be thinking about something else. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. yeah an original fucking cover art. Don't mm-hmm. forget it. Yeah. Although that's for 2015. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they redid it in 2015. Yeah. It didn't have the same effect. I have the um. I have the trade of the original one. Oh yeah, yeah. I have, all my kids have read it. I yeah. said you have to read this. I'm giving it to all of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's funny too because um, I remember being a being a kid, and then just like okay, I got it. I I was like you know just the idea of oh you know oh shit you know Spider Man has to fight against you know fucking. Um, the lizard and you know and and the the villains of the x-men and all that and then teaming up and then you have spider woman involved in there and that dr doom is involved in there you know i'm of course you know picking that shit up and it was a 12 issue run one one a month and i thought it was just fucking fucking amazing fucking year long yeah and just like duke it out shit it was so good yeah and um my my um i i had those issues and then i couldn't remember what happened to them some somehow i lost some of those issues and my buddy peter bought me the full trade for christmas one time and it's one of those moments where i'm like oh shit and like you kind of feel yourself wanting to tear up because <laughs> it because it's like you understand me bro exactly you know and uh it was just so it's it's i have that here and it's just it's so great and uh yeah, if you if you're a true Marvel fan, this is one of those classes. Up until yeah, like Civil War, this was the pinnacle of a superhero event. Definitely. And then Crisis of Infinite Earths for DC. Don't you're bringing back the memories. So <laughs> this one was super difficult for me, um, and I had to pick something that affected me. You know what I mean? That on a, on a on a on a primal level. And I, and you picked Batman versus Superman. I did not pick that. (laughs) So again, we're going all the way back to 1992. I was eight years old. Okay. Death of Superman. Listen, I fucking cried. I'm not ashamed. The the death of Superman was the one of the most into still is one of the most intense fucking comic runs you can read. The fight is crazy. Yeah. And and there's little breaks in it mm-hmm. where, where Superman's like, fuck. Yeah. And people are trying to help him. And fucking Doomsday's just tossing these bitches. Mm-hmm. Like, the fuck out of my way. And and it was funny, too, because it, it really... It didn't really give you much backstory... No. ...as to what Doomsday was doing. But you didn't give a fuck. Like, it was just I, like, I, shit. At some point, I was kind of like... I think this was later on when I actually revisited it. I remember looking at it going... Like, trying to, like what are the issues before that? Like, I felt like I was like, the hell is doomsday? Like, where do you come? Like, I felt like I missed something like, you know, cause you know, comics always tend to develop, you know, characters or especially DC, you know, giving a, a character more, but this guy was just fucking a brawler. Just it just right. was a brawler. And he was just would not stop. And Superman gave, and this, there's just, it's at first you're like, fuck this fight is dope. And then it starts getting emotional because you see Superman can't, he just can't like he's trying and he's not giving up and he's super this is again too if you really want to see superman being fucking superman 
death of Superman because yeah. he just will not give up. And he keeps trying to get save people and get Doomsday away from the city. And then that last panel, bro. Yeah. Lois Lane holding, holding dead him. Superman yeah. and screaming about it. I cried. I cried like a fucking baby. Yeah, because my mother ran in like, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Everybody kill Superman!" And I was freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Then she rolled her eyes and left. Yeah, because the thing is, is like you know, I mean, yeah, say what you want about it—that it was, you know, uh, it was a gimmick. It was trying to bring, you know, trying to, you know, increase sales or what have you. But the thing was, is that yeah, you can see gimmicks, and you could say that well, it was just Superman brawn. But the thing is, is Superman has always been that character. That can withstand anything it is kind of like a character of like okay he's morally right and he's you know pretty much indestructible unless like lex luther is you know hitting him with whatever color krypton kryptonite you know right. that, that he's, he's picked out of his box exactly you know oh i'm getting gotten a little convoluted with the kryptonite yeah you know oh fuchsia um fuchsia right. will make him like magenta fucking kryptonite <laughs> salmon colored kryptonite <laughs> mustard kryptonite <laughs> it's like okay dude we need to calm down <laughs> but uh but you know and but seeing him going toe to toe with a character you know that just was pretty much as indestructible as him and you know how far superman would go you know because we've always kind of had that like oh superman you know would die you know or whatever you know for this but it's actually just seeing that play out was kind of like fuck you know, and then of course the emotional issue, the 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 um, the funeral, and stuff yeah, like that in the subsequent the world without Superman was was pretty fucking that intense. Cover, bro. Mm -hmm. Oh Where yeah. Fucking Lois is holding the cape over the casket. Yeah. You see all the fucking crew in the back. Yeah, it's the whole Justice League. Everybody's there. You know, it, it was that type of. That. Even Lex Luthor was in that joint. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because no matter what, Doc Lex. Ock, I think Doc Ock was back there too. Doc Ock is Marvel. No, I'm thinking, not Doc Ock. What's his fucking name? I can't remember now. But, there's some goons back there. So I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in the end, you know, everybody hates Superman, but they respected him, you know? Right. And, and then um, there was, uh, what was it, Birth of Superman? Yeah, the long-haired Superman. <laughs> I can't remember. The black suit Superman? Superman Lives or? Yes. No, that that's that movie that was supposed to, where Nicolas Cage was supposed to be Superman. I don't know, but then he came back, and that was dope too. And and so, and also, just the death of Superman was so iconic in pop culture. They had that in the regular news. Mm -hmm. Like you can go on YouTube and you can see just normal news junkets, Fox and all that, going Superman has passed. Like this motherfucker was real. <laughs> yeah, I know they had his birth and death date on there. <laughs> oh, dude, it was so. It's it's still. I think it is known as one of the most iconic comic book moments. Yeah, because it's just. It's fucking Superman. And I think that was also the turning point, one a major turning point for DC, because DC was trying to get Dak with it in the 80s and stuff. And then that was like the, you know what? Fuck it. And they just kill Superman. Like, shit. Like, now, that that was when you officially knew DC don't give a fuck. <laughs> DC is the Game of Thrones of fucking comic books. Anyone can die. <laughs> well, if you, if you actually watch that, uh, there's a documentary, Superman Lives the make uh the making of the death of superman um it's the superman movie that never got made because it was uh it was just before they decided to uh go with uh brian singer's version with superman returns but uh tim burton was supposed to direct nicholas cage was supposed to play superman um 
you know, and Chris Rock was supposed to play Jimmy Olsen. And they were, and it was originally, the, the original script was uh, Kevin Smith wrote the script for that. And, um, uh, and it wrote, was based on the death of Superman, which was what the movie was supposed to basically take place about. But if you read that, you actually get some insight as to, you know, that they talked about killing off Superman before, but then it was just like, you know, it was kind of a business decision, but the idea was already out there and they had said no. And then, you know, so it's it a really cool documentary as to how that happened, how that started in the comics and then when it went into the movies. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see that. But yeah, I, rem I remember that too. I had those issues leading up. It was around the time that I had stopped collecting comics. Um, but I, when I heard the death of Superman, I remember going into a comic store not only picking up the death of Superman, but the couple of issues leading up to it. Because, you know, you got to right. get the whole story. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell fucking. <laughs> yeah, but that had to be the one for me. All right. So with our last category, technology, um, for me, that was kind of hard because there was a lot of things. Like I thought about like the iPod where it was kind of being, it was kind of like favorite technology, but also revolutionary technology. Right. Um, I, I thought of like the iPod because, you know, fire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the wheel, you know, right. um, but uh, I thought my might need to make it a little more recent. You know, I thought the printing press was pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty. I don't know. I, I kind of gunpowder, you know, that, right. that kind of thing, you know. Um, but I ended up going with Samsung Galaxy and not mm. just like the particular, like the, the modern one, but like the Galaxy devices as of, of themselves I almost, I almost hit you up and was like i want to join in with you with this <laughs> one. it's such a good pick because of the, the the reason for for this was because before the galaxy you know we had you had the iphone which don't get me wrong revolutionized the way we you know the way we we basically the way we view data and and how we socialize how we interact with one another and and yeah, we always make fun of Apple for whatever reason, you know, just because it's fun half the time. Uh, right. But and just to piss off the Apple lovers. But, you know, we, we give credit where credit's due. You know, without the iPhone, we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have the Galaxy. You know, we wouldn't have any of the smartphones that we that we had after that. But after after the iPhone, you know, so many tried to, you know, and even Samsung, so many tried to capitalize on on that. You had the Motorola's, you had, you know, the you know you had all of these different brands trying to make that but samsung kind of kind of figured it out and yeah, yeah. people com complain like oh they're just copying apple to a point yeah but then after that they kind of figured it out and then started you know started realizing that you know what people that are getting us they kind of want that that experience that clean that just that heavy interaction you know that just the just basically shit that works and but at the same time they 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 want to keep what makes them android and keeping the even my, you know keep in mind that when you go to like the uh, S6 where they basically essentially w was an iPhone that was a big big misstep for them because they took away the S the memory card you know they took away a lot of the stuff that people liked android for and then a lot of people were just like well fuck it if i'm going to go this i'm just going to go get an iphone then and then the next one they're like oops sorry just kidding here we got all the stuff that you basically really liked Android for, right? And we brought it back. And well, you had to give respect too because and they tried and, something new. I mean, nobody does right. that, you know. You have to give respect to to Apple, obviously, for inventing the smartphone. But you, 
or the smartphone that we that style that we use today but samsung came in and gave that much needed competition yeah and and really because if, if no one ever came and it was just apple it wouldn't be at the level that we have today oh yeah because especially apple because apple barely changes to begin with right. you know and i'm not i'm not knocking them i'm just that's their style yeah and it's basically know? it's like to them it's like well what works works you know exactly and that's so, why some um, people go with them because of the fact that they don't they don't change and when they get an iphone it's like okay cool i, exactly. I know what it does i don't have to worry about anything well the geeks the geeks don't play that shit Mm-mm. we need stuff to be tinkered with fucked with all that stuff so <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here on Linux right now. Like, like, what are we doing with our lives at this right, point? Right, right. Um, but, I yeah, I definitely agree with you. That that was a great pick, and it kind of out of left field too. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that one. Um, yeah, it took me, mine, a, it took me a little time to, to kind of. Then I thought, and I just kept looking at my phone, and when I was playing with my phone, then I'm like, you know what? This is kind of it. <laughs> you were like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> So mine is, um, it took me a while with this one too. And, and this just popped into my head. Um, there was, there was a certain piece of technology that I still own one (laughs) and it, it, I seem to have always had one in my pocket or my backpack for like 15 years of my childhood. And most of my adulthood, um, is the Game Boy or DS or whatever, uh, Nintendo's handhelds. Um, I've had uh, the original, the green screen one. I had the one where they got a little smaller with it. I got the Game Boy Color, Advance, the SP, which was my favorite one, a little flip-up joint. Um, I got uh, – I didn't get the first DS ones and stuff, but I got I got um, the second DS, and then I got a um, – now I have a 2DS, and I'm about to cop that new, two, that new 2DS. Um, there's something about – like, yeah, we could sit there and we could say, oh, yeah, well, the PSP came out and it had much better graphics or the Vita or, yeah, your phone can play games. I hate when fucking people say that. I know. Um, but the, the Game Boy... That's before you is, smack them across the face. Right. With the their Boy phone. Was, <laughs> the Game Boy was perfect. Yeah. It, it really was the perfect handheld because you had the NES and the NES was super dope and, and it had games. Now it's like, oh, guess what? Here. You can play those NES games right here in, in your hand. That blew our fucking minds when that happened. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. we were like, what the fuck? And then when they came out with Game Boy Color, it was over. Dude. The Game Boy Advanced, shit. Like, I was playing... I'm a big RPG gamer. I love RPG games. Um, Dragon Warrior series, uh, Zelda, all that joint. Final Fantasy. They had all that shit when Advanced came out. I had all those fucking games. Pokemon, forget it. I mean, just so many fucking games. Um, well, I mean, before when- that, before you even got to the game to the Game Boy, you know, I mean, you had you know handheld games before, but they were singular games. Like they right. were only you could only play one game. The Nintendo came with a with a console that was portable but changed games. That was fucking unheard of at that point. Yeah, you know, it was like, wait, I can take my NES basically with me. Yeah, because the I think the only handheld games we had at the time were like those Tiger joints. Yeah, like they they were one game and they're really shitty, and you could buy them at the shop for like twenty bucks or something like right. that. Um, and we still played the shit out of them because yeah. we didn't know any better. Because we didn't have uh, anything better. <laughs> exactly. And then that Game Boy came out, and the Tiger games suddenly disappeared. Oh yeah. Um, and this was also back in the day too when Nintendo was known for like 
superb customer service. You could call up the Nintendo hotline <laughs> and they'd help you. Like they literally tell you how to beat a level. Um, and some of the hottest Zelda titles were on the Game Boy. Link's Awakening was mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Zelda games. I actually downloaded that off the fucking, um, what, what does Nintendo call like their classic game shop? I forget. Virtual oh, console. Yeah. Yeah, virtual I downloaded console. off the virtual console. Um, for my 2DS. I dig the 2DS. Unfortunately, I'm getting older and the screens are a little too small for me, but I'm going to cop that uh, that new 2DS, the flip-up joint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to give my uh, old 2DS to my son because he loves that fucking thing. What do you think um, of the Game Boy? I mean, what was it? The, the green and black screen? Yeah, yeah. it was just a green screen. <laughs> and it, it was... Um, they they went with that screen i think not only for cost but also battery life yeah because the the first game boy took uh four double a batteries and it ate them <laughs> now we didn't know again we didn't know any better back then right. it's just the way it was you know um i know the game gear came out and that was the first one that had true color yeah but that took six double a's and that ate them up in about three hours <laughs> that took yeah, that took six d batteries <laughs> but that sonic the hedgehog was dope as shit but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the pinnacle for me was when that SP came out, little flip up joint, the precursor to the, to the DS line. Yeah. And then the DS came out and it changed the game. We got a little touch screen and, and the stylus and you could send little draw notes with people. I was a little too old for all that nonsense, but, uh, when that came out, but yeah, I always had a fucking Game Boy on deck. Like you, the Game Boy Nano, like they had so many different, Nintendo always comes out with like a million variations of shit that you don't really need. Oh, right. Yeah. It anyway. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You what's know, so. what's funny is is that um have you seen that new one for that little um adapter that you can play game boy games on your uh galaxy oh i did see that yeah yeah well, the, i might get that to be honest i, I thought about it. i looked and i go you know what that's kind of cool i could just slip it into that and it's basically the game boy case and you just slip your oh, phone in there and you you can you want to know what changed my fucking life in <laughs> middle school now mind you this is the 90s, mid-90s. We didn't have fucking smartphones. The Game Boy camera with the printer. Now, I never had this because it was expensive, I think. Um, but my a buddy of mine had it. We were taking pictures of each other, printing off the Game Boy. We thought we were in the fucking future. <laughs> like, it was intense. And then, you, of course, me being me, okay, you know I had that link cable on deck because I have my Pokemon Red. Right. If someone had to come challenge me, they're gonna get fucked up because my Pokemon lineup was strong. You know, it, it, it Game Boy everything for days, dude. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's like those memes that you see online now. That's like you know, in 1997 and then 2007, they were always doing something stupid. You know, with like yeah. technology, <laughs> or you know or or you see the ones that's like it's 2017 and this motherfucker is in 2037. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you know what's funny is they say that kids today they don't appreciate older stuff and they're always like, oh, that's not good enough. My kids aren't like that. I think it's because their father's a geek, yeah. So they're constantly surrounded by these vintage video games. I say vintage like it's from the fucking 20s. <laughs> um, like old school video games or, or they're surrounded by um i got D books on deck you know just stuff like that and, and my kids are enamored by this this older culture of uh of geekdom and video games and comic well, books yeah. And, well yeah you know, it, it's, it's like it's like that um oh what's that documentary there's a documentary um about atari that set up that was um like the their version of al capone's vault where it was like digging up trying to find the the yeah. that you know secret layer of atari games 
Um, but you have like parents that are there with their young kids and their young kids are there because their parents played these old games and right. they expose them to it. And I think that's the big difference. And most of the kids nowadays that really don't have appreciation for that. Yeah, I don't have parents that grew up with that because back our generation, or at least in my generation, it was still kind of frowned upon to be kind of a nerd or a geek or anything like that. So now, you know, having it, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, this is this is kind of how it is. But when you have someone like like you or me, you know, we, we we've had this culture. So it's like, oh, shit, we got this set up. And they're like, what is this? And it's like, dude, I used to play this as and they're just kind of like, it looks stupid. It's like, play it. You won't beat it. You know, and then suddenly it's like, oh, shit, this is hard. Like, can we play that again? You know? It's, yeah, it, it, I really, I really wanted to buy um, like a classic Nintendo, yeah. and just put the controller in the kids' hands and see what they do with it. <laughs> yeah, good luck. But not that emulated, you know. Oh I, yeah, I want that real shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. And and these kids, I got some of those games on my computer. These kids think they bad. Like my my seven year old, he's a Halo fucking king. Halo's the only shooter I really let the younger kids play because you know it's a little more fantasy and stuff. Right. And um. He's 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 better than me. I'm not ashamed to say it. And and I used to be all about Halo. I don't know if I'm rusty or whatever, but this motherfucker, <laughs> seven year old, he'll just sit there too, and he won't even be excited. He'll look bored, and he's just wiping the board, dude. And he he sat down. He wanted to play the first Mario Brothers game, and I had you know a little controller hooked into my into my uh, computer, mm -hmm. a PlayStation Three controller, but a controller. <laughs> Playing a um, Nintendo game, <laughs> right? And he's he's playing, and this motherfucker died on the first hill you have to jump over, yeah. the first pit, and it, it's just learning that timing, and and it, the games weren't forgiving, mm -mm. you know. And I think he beat the first level, and it's like, okay, I want to save it, and I'm like, no saving it. <laughs> there ain't no saving in this. Back in the day when we used to keep that console fucking on, <laughs> you, all day. you pause it and just leave it on. Yeah, right. oh fuck I, yeah. Like, you're at World 4-2 or whatever. <laughs> right. You're like, fuck, I got to go to school. Man, don't turn a Nintendo off and come back. You know it's turned off. Oh, God yeah. damn it. Um, but oh, yeah, they, God, the Game Boy all day. Oh, I forgot to mention this. So I, I go to Goodwill a lot. You know, see if I can cop a little something. And uh, I found a book. And it's the Nintendo... Oh, fuck, I forgot what it's called now. Nintendo... The Nintendo Comic System. <laughs> now it's this it's basically a trade but it's the, it's magazine size and um oh here it is right here so i had i have volume one that's what i found and it has a comic it has a legend of zelda comic um hold on i gotta zoom in because this fucking shit is uh, a small picture super mario 3 comic legend of zelda captain um captain m or no, a Captain N. The fucking remember when they used to have that dude, the mascot for the light gun? Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, he's shit. got a comic in there, and it's got a few more comics in it too. Came out uh, from Valiant Comics, and I I caught this shit. It's in mint condition, dude. From, <laughs> from fucking Goodwill, I got it for like a dollar. I was like, oh shit, this is fucking dope. So um, I'm thinking about seeing if I can find the other volumes, but um, cool little comics, you know, simple shit. But uh, that was, was ten bucks when it came out. <laughs> Um, I wonder if it's worth anything now. You never know. Yeah, you, you never know. Cash, you know. Yeah, because I struggle real on uh, on my middle age geek blog. I wrote a, a a piece on there saying how NES games helped you deal with the future uh, or deal with life, and uh, and it was basically kind of like what you would go through as a kid when you were dealing with NES games. 
and like the shit you had to kind of do and and what it made you you feel when you actually accomplished a level or anything like that so uh i'm gonna i'll, I'll post a link to that in the uh, lazy geeks uh facebook page so and I'll, I'll put it out there on the our twitter page so if you guys want to check it out um uh you can't it's it but it's it's it kind of, and if, if you were too young for that it will kind of put you in that mindset of what it was like having to deal with that shit back in the day right. with no no respawns no fucking saves none of that shit you had to do what you had to do of course all right so with that let's uh cap off this episode with some douchebaggery so my douchebag of the week comes from uh the verge so i'm just gonna read the article some more bad news for galaxy uh the galaxy note line just over ten thousand batteries for the galaxy note 4 are being recalled for risk of overheating that could lead to burns and fires. This recall is a lot different than last year's Note 7 fiasco. While that one affected every single phone and happened because of a design flaw, this one is more is far more limited and doesn't even um, seem to be Samsung's fault. Only phones refurbished through AT&T's insurance program and handled by FedEx supply chain are impacted by the recall. Some of the refurbished phones apparently ended up with counterfeit batteries that it, that include anomalies that could make them overheat. Fortunately, the Note 4 uh, has a replaceable battery, so this recall isn't as big of a deal. Owners can just buy a new battery and use it in their phones until the recall is taken care of. FedEx is currently sending out replacement batteries as well as boxes for returning the recalled phones. In a statement, Samsung placed blame on the recall uh, for the recall on FedEx. A spokesperson also disputed this article's use of the phrasing um, Galaxy Note 4 batteries since they weren't made by Samsung. Quote, FedEx ch supply chain is conducting it, this recall on non-genuine Samsung batteries as some of them are counterfeit, the spokesperson said. The refurbished program, refurbishment program was managed by FedEx chip supply chain and operated independently of Samsung. Any affected owner should call FedEx supply chain and it gives the number or go to their website www.exchangemybattery.com for more information. Though the Note 4 is a three-year-old phone, the affected units were sent out pretty recently. All of them were distributed between December 2016 and April 2017. So far, there have only been one report of a phone overheating with no damage to person or property because of it. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission says that anyone with one of these phones should stop using the battery immediately. You fucking AT&T straight up fucking up. <laughs> AT&T stay stupid. Dude. Yeah. Using counterfeit fucking batteries. You know, they were on fucking eBay and shit looking and going, oh, this is like a buck. This is like a buck 50. Those other ones are like buck 75. Let's go with this one. <laughs> so mine, my douchebag. Now, this will make sense. So let me finish. I actually put in the notes. Don't worry. I'll explain everything. <laughs> my douchebag is the United States. As a whole, every single one of us, if you if you're here, including myself, including Steve, everyone. Let me read this article, and it's going to make sense. Uh, Mel Mal Malmedy, Belgium, a Belgium town honored its 22-year-old tradition of making a giant omelet on Tuesday, 
amidst an egg contamination scare, cooking 10,000 eggs in a pan four meters wide. Millions of chicken eggs have been pulled from European supermarket shelves as a result of the scare over the use of the insecticide uh, fipronil, which is forbidden in the food chain and can cause organ damage in humans. Hundreds of people gathered in the eastern Belgian city of Malmedy, uh, undeterred by the scare and the president of the local branch of the giant omelet fraternity, uh, Benedict Mathy, said she was confident Tuesday's dish was safe to eat. Under a timid Belgian sun and with the music playing, they tucked into the giant omelet cooked over an open fire by the World Fraternity of Knights of the Giant Omelet, which was created in 1973. Now, the reason why this weird omelet article makes the United States a douchebag is because we need to get back to this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> These motherfuckers are doing something dumb that hurts no one and having a great fucking time. They have a video on here. These motherfuckers <laughs> are spinning around just having a good old time. Well, we're over here hating each other, talking shit, having rallies about nonsense that fucking we shouldn't be doing. This this dude's in a chicken costume dancing. <laughs> what are we doing with our fucking lives over here? We're supposed to be the superpower. Right. We're supposed to be the example. These motherfuckers over here having a good time. I want to go to Belgium and make a fucking waffle. Not only that, <laughs> they, they're not just making a waffle. Think of the world fraternity of knights of the giant omelet. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> United States, step your fucking game up. I agree. Because everyone else around the world is having a good fucking time, and we're over here complaining about dumb shit that we can get over real fucking quick. I agree. And that's my douchebag. <laughs> Us. <laughs> And then I'll read the thing. <laughs> my exit my exit was too dope. No. <laughs> that is it for this episode. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. Definitely helps us a lot. Uh, if you want to catch any of our back catalog, you can find them on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play Music, as well as our website, thelazygeeks.com. If you want to suggest stories for the show, you can share them on our Facebook page. We are on other social media outlets as well, such as Twitter and Instagram, both under the name The Lazy Geeks, one word. We want some feedback on any of those. Uh, you can also go drop that on our website at thelazygeeks.com or send it officially to our mailbag at thegeeks at thelazygeeks.motherfucking.com. Motherfucker <laughs> was just, I added that, but you, I'm sure you can figure that out. Right. <laughs> and you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle underscore geek. And you can check out my other podcast, the Extended Play Movie Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash themiddleagegeek. And you can check it all out on my site, themiddleagegeek.com. And I am on Twitter at SapienTLG, and my blog is theoutnumbereddadblog.wordpress.com. All right, and be sure to tune in on Friday for our Away Team episode, where we will be discussing the very interesting Times Squared. And uh, so that is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. <laughs>
This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.